listen to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. And a good morning to you on a sunny Monday, March 11th, uh, here in Pittsburgh. Well, I guess it's March 11th, wherever the hell you are, but uh, sunny in Pittsburgh is what I intended. Um, and uh, beautiful weekend. I can't be the only one who's walking around, like, barely moving today because I ran outdoors and uh, and started doing, you know, like spring cleaning outdoors, cleaning up my yard, and I can, ba- <laughs> can barely walk <laughs> today. Oh. Anyway, so, I'm not sure where I'm going with this, what I'm about to say. I really am not sure, but I, I, I'm going to try to, I guess articulate a feeling that's been with me this morning and um, it's not really a happy feeling I'll have to tell you that but it's a it, it still is not an I don't know that it's coherent <laughs> uh, yet which might be a problem uh, as I try to articulate it actually uh, it, it's and I, and I don't mean to say that it's uh, probably anything new, but over the weekend, I um, had a friend ask if I'd seen an article that had been in the New York Times on the opinion page about contempt, and. It rang a bell, and I I realized that, yes, I'd seen the headline. And I I remember thinking, yeah, I probably agree. You know, trying to understand the emotional state that the country is in and and how it's no longer... uh, I didn't read it. (laughs) She did. And she said she thought it was incredibly good. And she said she almost didn't read it because she looked at who'd written it and saw that the person who'd written it was from the uh, American Enterprise Institute, which is a right-wing think tank. For some reason, that's probably why I didn't read it, too. I can't remember. She read it and found herself agreeing with it. And... uh, and I, I mean, there is no doubt that the contempt is something that is now so much in play in our political discourse. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. We voice, I voice contempt on a regular basis um, for those on the other side of uh, our political divide. Uh, the contempt, I'm sure, is returned uh, from them toward me. Uh, it's it certainly, I didn't read it. I, I, I think I'm going to read it, but I, we're in a bad place <laughs> where contempt 
prevents us from um, any hope of listening to each other. And then yesterday, also reading some opinion pieces, I found them to be pretty much about all this. And I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't clip them. I, di I don't have them here in front of me. But they were also about, if not contempt, about just the way we are now, which is refusing to hear each other, refusing, and, 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 and the demonization of, uh, of those with whom we disagree. Um, this isn't good. And I don't, I can't imagine how to climb out of it. I can't imagine how not to feel the contempt I really do feel. But it is, there is a nastiness uh, afoot that if you are a person who does not like living in an environment in which contempt and outrage and vengefulness and hate and all of these negatives are the defining I mean just the def they define this time I it's it's exhausting it's debilitating and I social media uh, drives it. I was looking at my Twitter feed today, and oh my God, it's what was the Walt Whitman poem? Was it "I Hear America Singing"? Was there a line like that? I sing America, or something. I hear whatever. I hear America now, and it's it's an ugly, ugly sound of recrimination and hate and contempt and this cannot be good so i and i i don't have any i don't have any uh, fixes I don't know how one fixes um, us because it is so endemic now in our culture, in our political culture, in our um, social media culture, in our media culture in general. Um, I don't know how do we how do we ever pull out of this uh, spiral? spiraling down it's it's a dangerous dangerous uh, place to be I think I so that's that th this is I and I know see I'm not articulate about it because I have I don't have much to say <laughs> I just have this feeling of of dread 
there were so many, um, you know, stories about things that, you know, feed into um, all of this. And, you know, and now I can start, you know, I can just um, go right into talking about the things that then get us into feelings of contempt and outrage. I'm so, it's the outrage I'm really sick of. Because outrage really gets you nowhere. I mean, just absolutely, and it drains you of so much. And the outrageous it surrounds us constantly now, and that too is, is from social media, the news media, who traffic in stories that will make you feel outrage. Can't be good. I'm so sick of it. I'm sick of people not, I, I mean, outrage is something we should feel about a lot that's happening. But if it's all we do is get outraged uh, 500 times a day, and, you know, you can, God knows, a statement made here, a statement made there, and one doesn't act, one doesn't do when one is, is, is enjoying the uh, emotion of outrage. I guess outrage, what, makes us feel uh, righteous because we, you're not outraged by something unless you feel that you are um, a better person, I guess, than whatever the thing you are outraged about. I don't know. I, um, yeah, I despair. Here's Bree writing from Malaysia now. Boy, God, Bree, you get a long round. I'm listening in from Malaysia says, never fails when I go out to dinner with friends, regardless of nationality, the issues in the United States always come up. Not from me, <laughs> but from the others. I try to smile and change the subject. I just don't like to talk about it anymore. I know. I was talking to a, another friend who just got back from uh, outside the United States, and she too said, it's, you know, you're constantly, if you're identified as an American, um, asked you know, questions by frightened people. What's going on in your country? What's happening? I told you that when I was in uh, in Jordan, uh, I guess last year, in Jordan for the, or two years ago for the, the trip to uh, an extraordinary place called Petra, and um, a woman, a Jordanian woman, 
um, I struck up a conversation with, and um, she said, did you, vote? did you vote for Trump? And I said, oh, God, no, <laughs> no. And she said, she, I don't think she believed me because she looked at me and she said, that's what every American says. She apparently asked every American she bumps into, did you vote for Trump? And she has never gotten a yes. She's only gotten no's. And I told her that the odds are she was getting no's because so many of the people who voted for Trump don't ever get outside their outside of the United States. They don't even know that there's a world out there that functions and maybe does things differently. And so maybe that's why she was getting the anti-Trump uh, voters. I don't know. But it is uncomfortable being an American now in the world. And Bree, I feel for you because you are an expat. You're over there. And... Uh, and you shouldn't have to speak for this country. But we are in a bad place, no doubt about it. Really bad place. And uh, and I want to say that I, I, I feel, you know, that with, well, I don't want to say anything. Forget about it. Okay. Here, let's talk about eating. Also, in that same trip, I think I was in uh, was in Israel, and uh, it wasn't that trip. It was another trip, and there was a fire in our hotel, and it was scary. I mean, it. I I couldn't find my kid. Um, I ended up running down a million stairs. I was separated from the group I was with. I ended up stuck. Because when the stairs ended, the door was locked that I came down to. And the smell of smoke was apparent. And I thought, I can't believe this. I'm going to die. And I'm banging and banging and banging on the door. And um, finally someone heard it and opened the door, a nice um, Arab man. And he got me out and uh, out of the hotel. And there I found my son and other people from my group, and including um, the, our rabbi from Temple Sinai here, Jamie Gibson. And once he was sure he had us all, he said, well, okay, now let's do what Jews do after something terrible. What do we do? And I, to a person, everybody said, we eat. <laughs> right? We went, we went off and found a restaurant, and we uh, we ate. Speaking of eating, uh, in Pittsburgh now, from now until March 30th, there's a number of restaurants in town taking part in a special uh, special, which is that they're offering um, a multi-course prefix fix pricks fix, you know. Uh, a meal. Eat, th these meals obviously change depending on what restaurant you're you're going to, 
but uh, you can, you know, it's an opportunity to try a lot of different things you might not normally eat, and none of these meals will be priced above $39. So um, it's called Taste30Pittsburgh.com, Taste30PGH.com. Just telling you, if you, you know, go to that, TastePittsburghPGH.com, um, you'll see the restaurants. That, and there's a, a lot of them that are involved. And uh, you might want to make a dinner reservation, right? Okay, because when things are bad, outrage, contempt, everywhere I look, horror, let's go eat. Really. Taste30pgh.com. Oh, okay. I'm, uh, this is just a grab grab bag stuff for me. If there's something, I ain't going to talk about the friggin' president's budget um, because, I mean, that process will go on now forever. Um, and I, I'm not jumping in now. I'm not, I don't know that there's anything I, to, to say in that regard. So... One of the stories, again, more lo local, um, that I talked about on Friday was this, um, the fact that our Allegheny County controller um, ended up in prison in Detroit <laughs> um, last week, and her husband ended up handcuffed and being thrown out of the hotel they were staying in. And uh, there's still word that the Detroit police are thinking of charging Chelsea Wagner, our controller, um, in this case. I came upon a, a video. Did you see the video of um, that I that Chelsea Wagner took during the? Because that's what happens now. If you're in the middle of some police interaction, you take your phone and and you record it. And so, so WTAE TV had the video, I saw it online, and, and watched her tape. And I have to say, after watching her tape, I'm, <laughs> I am more sympathetic to the police than I was when I first, I mean, they did not, I don't know that they did anything they didn't appear to do anything terrible. Now, she was trying. There was a physical thing that happened when she tried to get into the elevator where they were uh, taking her husband. And uh, her husband is heard on the video trying to calm her down. And she ends up obviously sticking her hands on one of the cops who was warning her don't, 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 and then eventually pushes, pushes her away, and she ends up, the video ends up flying, and she ends up on the ground. Um, all I can say is the video uh, suggests that the police are telling the truth in, by saying that their officers handled this very politely, very by the book, very didn't in any way escalate the situation. And 
Chelsea Wagner's video of it appears to buttress, the, I think, the police. <laughs> the police. Um, I don't know. And I, I'm sure she thinks it buttresses. You, know, you wouldn't let it out if you thought it, 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 it weakened your, your story. But it begs a lot of questions. It, it, it really does. I'm just saying, if you saw it, you might have a different reaction. But uh, the police also, by the way, all the police, everybody in this video is, uh, is black. Except Chelsea. Her husband's black, the cops are black, the guy from the hotel is black. And the police are telling her that we have the, the hotel wants her husband out. He has been thrown out of the hotel. And he wouldn't go, so the cops are called, and that's why he's in handcuffs, and they're telling her we're taking him. He doesn't know, we don't know where, but he's got to leave the hotel. And that begs the question of what, we don't know what happened with him down in the hotel. Now, I know they wouldn't give him the key to his room, but there's so many questions unanswered here. Um, and I don't know if any of the rest of you saw that or have heard other accounts. I just think, I actually think her, her video muddied um, the waters, at least for this one uh, viewer. Um, oh, Laura says that the Detroit police have released the police video. Okay, so there's two videos now from their cameras, and Chelsea Wagner, she says, will have a go-around with them. It's all over the local news. Uh, Laura's writing from Ann Arbor, Michigan, so this is all over Detroit news. I recognized her name when I heard it, and my ears perked up. Well, all right, Laura, great. Let it keep us in... Uh, keep us in the loop of the story as it un unwinds in, uh, in, in Canada. I mean, over the weekend, the Democratic Party had its uh, endorsed candidates for the um, upcoming uh, primary elections, and uh, I believe Chelsea, Chelsea was there, and Chelsea was, I'm sure, got the endorsement, right? I don't know that this figured in any of that at all. Uh, anyway, that's all I'm saying. I, I, so we got now we have dueling videos. I would imagine that, well, since the cop's video would show her, and we don't see her in her own video, so maybe that, that, that would certainly add to it. I'd like to see the, their video. I would. Um, Roger writes in regard to being a traveling American. Uh, my wife and I were vacationing in New Brunswick last summer. Uh, it's Canada. Our friends there are obsessed by Trump. They can't wait until he's put in jail. They can't understand that that's not probable. You don't think? His crimes, including treason, are so obvious to them, it's embarrassing. They said we're welcome to move to their home anytime. Yeah, anyone else have any Canadian friends? 
okay. So, oh, here's a um, here's a Post Gazette piece on the fact that yeah, there's Chelsea. Uh, I had no ill effect on uh, on her. Chelsea Wagner has never been afraid. Uh, blah blah blah. Um, and it, as the story unfolded, this is Rich Lord's reporting, as the story unfolded over the weekend with the police and Ms. Wagner each giving their versions, it appears as if this was another battle that Chelsea would survive. On Sunday, Wagner won. She won the local Democratic Committee endorsement. Uh, she maintains that her husband and she were the victims. She released her video. The Wayne County Prosecutor's Office, that's the Detroit cops, is reviewing the case. Um, okay, so she got mostly support. I mean, they let it, um, Huh. Okay. Uh, most declined to comment on the situation, <laughs> I suppose. Uh, okay. So, yeah, she did get, yeah, she looks none the worse for wear. She's a feisty, I mean, my sense of her, and I have never met Chelsea Wagner. Uh, my sense of her is of a, a very feisty, tough, woman and uh, my sense of her is that I like her um, but I, I who the hell knows the, the I think the Detroit cops are also suggesting that they uh, there was um, some drunkenness uh, in the in the picture and uh, that that to me was not apparent in the uh, in what I saw on the tapes. Uh, I did not watch, you know, I told you, I just can't yet get into meeting all of these uh, 500 possible Democratic presidential candidates. And, uh, and yet, I'm seeing a lot of tweets uh, about people's positive reactions to somebody that they were introduced to over the weekend through a CNN uh, uh, town hall-ish event, I guess. down. I, I think they were down at South by Southwest, right? And they were doing, um, you know, they were doing interviews with, extended interviews with some of the people who have uh, joined the race, especially the lower profile ones. And the guy who whose name I cannot pronounce, um, who is the youngest person in the mix, and who is somebody that nobody nationally knows, apparently was the most impressive, at least a lot of people thought, and he's the mayor of Indianapolis. And how the heck, can anybody tell me how to pronounce that name? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, there's, the first part of his name is but, literally, B-U-T-T, -T, most unfortunate. 
But then it gets weirder. Buttigieg, but b u t t i g i e g, Buttigieg. Um, he really came off apparently as as somebody who is well. People really liked him. They liked what he had to say. He looked so young. He must be over thirty-five, or he couldn't be running so I don't know if anybody saw that but um, it, it seems incredible that somebody could literally come out of a you know the mayoralty of a mid-size American city and uh, unknown to to most and and prevail but maybe you know I don't know but the the remarks on Twitter of people saying Wow, I really like this guy. He's the most transparent. He seems sincere. He's well-spoken. He's smart as a whip. Yada, yada, yada. On and on. I, I need... Um, and, of course, he's got a book. Even this guy who doesn't... We don't even know has a book out. People are even raving about the book. This guy is amazing, says somebody. Where did he come from? Oh, my friend is sending me the... Uh, how to pronounce it. Bud, oh, he doesn't say but, it's Bud Edge Edge. Don't, Bud Edge Edge? Bud Edges? That's impossible to say. Bud Edges? But, but Edge Edge. You have to say Edge twice after you say Bud. Although it's but, I'm sorry. Bud Edge. I can't do that. Bud Edges. Bud Edges. I can't do two edges in a row. Edge, 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 edge. Okay, butt edge, edge. There it is. That, that's it. I'm never going to remember that. Butt edge, edge. Well, people are saying, "Wow, this guy's amazing. Where'd he come from? He's so genuine. Everybody's going nuts. I like this guy. Wow. I want to know more, more. Pete Butt edge, edge. Buddha. Oh, pronounced like Bood. Oh, Buddhajedge. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Buddhajedge. Buddhajedge. How the hell do you say that name? I think he should change his name. I'm just saying. I mean, because how can you... Bood... Well, okay. I'll just have to... Boy, I'll tell you. Um, that'll take a lot of television anchors down. Bood edge edge. Oh, she's, my friend's saying, she's laughing at me, saying it's not hard. Okay, so now she's saying, boo, boo edge edge. Boo edge edge. She keeps trying to transliterate it in a way I can do it. Boo edge edge. Boo edge edge. <laughs> boo edge edge. Well, I, okay, I might like him, but I don't like his name. My God. And here's Barbara telling me, it's not that hard to pronounce. Well, give us Speak for yourself. It's hard for me. Budajaj. 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 I'll work on it. God. And uh, another aspirant for... 
the nomination, uh, Elizabeth Warren, um, she's got, she came out swinging. You know, she's a tough broad. She came out swinging. And uh, is saying that she is in favor. And I think this is, I like the idea. She says that the government needs to step in like they did. I mean, it's not like this is unprecedented. I remember them doing it when I was younger. Step in and break up the monopolies of the tech giants. Talking about Facebook, break it up. Google, break it up. Amazon, break it up. Um, and what she's saying is, well, I'll quote her. Today's big tech companies have too much power, too much power over our economy, our society, and our democracy. We found that out. They have bulldozed competition. They've used our private information. Well, that's their business model. And they've tilted the playing field against everybody else. Now, I totally agree with her, and I think of them as evil. As you know, I, I avoid Amazon and Facebook, even though I have a Facebook uh, presence because of the show. I rarely, rarely have looked at it. Um, I just, I think, right, they're like, Mostly, mostly bad. <laughs> mostly bad. And what she's talking about is there's two parts to her proposal, and I really think they need to be, um, I like this. Uh, it calls for, she wants to deregulate, de uh, de God damn, why can't I talk today? doesn't want to deregulate them. She wants to regulate them. What is it? Regulate these, you know, these monopolistic uh, platforms like Google and Facebook. And she says they need to be regulated for what they are because they are now utilities. Do you agree with that? Yeah, pretty much. They are like utilities and she said and they need to be prohibited from operating both the platform that is the utility aspect and then also owning and operating related businesses that run on those platforms she says they shouldn't be able to do both it makes them too Powerful. And her rules, as she proffers this, uh, would, would apply to companies with $25 billion in revenues, in revenue. Smaller companies, 
with only a mere $24 billion apparently in revenue, uh, would be able to operate uh, without structurally separating their, uh, their different, the different parts of their businesses. But if you get so big, she doesn't think they should be able to do it. And she says she would also appoint regulators who would be charged with unwinding what she calls the illegal and anti-competitive tech mergers that the government has signed off on. She wouldn't have let Amazon acquire Whole Foods. She wouldn't have let Facebook purchase WhatsApp and, and Instagram, and there's a whole bunch of Google. Um, she says they got to stop being allowed to grow more and more and more, or that's all that's going to survive. So I, I and this is going to put other Democrats wanting the nomination in uncomfortable territory. This is not, a lot of them are not going to sign on to this, and I'll tell you one who won't, Kamala Harris. Why? Because she's from San Francisco area, where all these tech guys are, and has uh, too close, in all likelihood, a relationship with them. So, whatever. Um, back to your, David writes, today is my birthday, which means it's your dad's birthday, too. Yeah, oh, you're, yeah, that's right, you're the one, David, who always remembers my dad's birthday. I know, when I said at the beginning of the show, March 11th, I just, I thought, oh, dad, I think he'd be 98. Yeah. And you're a mere 60? <laughs> Young stuff. Young stuff. Um, but he, he, he also writes, on your show a few weeks ago, I said Obama needs to choose a liberal Hispanic for the Supreme Court. Half of the Republicans will say yes because they want to court the Hispanic vote. Half will say, wait a minute, Obama needs to choose do you mean, you, you, you meant Trump, right? Well, he wouldn't, I don't, I'm, you've lost me. Because why would we be talking about who Obama should put on the court since he's not in a position to do so? Uh, he goes on to say, I, I, I'm sorry, David, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting this but I'm not getting a lot today. And he talks about the Democrats. They've got the world on their plate, and they're blowing it. I know that's the line now. I, I'm not sure, but they, they're struggling a little bit. That's true. Granted, I don't want them to vote as a block like the Republican Fascist Party does, but I, I certainly thought they'd be more helpful. And that's why I'm a registered independent. The Democrats are idiots, but the Republicans are evil. Um, that reminds me, <laughs> I understand why you're saying that. That reminds me of uh, something that someone once said about teenagers. Um, this is for a parent saying, oh, God, these kids. And they were saying, well, you know, it's just the way it is because there's nothing meaner than a teenage girl. 
and nothing stupider than a teenage boy. Um, and a lot of you, I mean, that sounds harsh, really, but there, there is some truth in that, too. Um, and David says, they, they, uh, they, the Democrats get my support, but they infuriate me sometimes, quite often, in fact. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, and now he says I should write a book. Oh my God! I I think it, I I don't think I'm capable. I really don't. Um, okay. What else we got? Boot. <laughs> We're back to that. But boot edged edge. He's gay? On top of it, he's gay? Well, I didn't know that. Jonathan just sent me a link to where Buttigieg talks about how he and his husband pronounce his last name. Oh! <laughs> well, that, that could be helpful. <laughs> Um, and, and people have sent me the video. Thank you. I'll, I'll watch, watch the video. Um, he was asked by Jake Tapper whether he would prefer a President Pence or a President Trump, and Bu Buttigieg struggled to answer, but said he previously trusted that Pence at least believes in our institutions. And he says he does not consider him to be personally corrupt. But then he went on to say, but then how could he get on board with this presidency? Uh, Buttigieg said that while his understanding of the Bible was rooted in protecting the stranger and the prisoner and the poor person, Pence's reading of the gospel has a lot more to do with sexuality. It's true. Why? Yeah, right. To forget the poor, helping the stranger, helping those without. Let's talk about sex has to do with sex and a certain view of rectitude. Well, he does sound very interesting. And then he says, this is Buttigieg again, I can't say it, but even if you buy into that, how could he allow himself to become the cheerleader of the porn star presidency? Is it that he stopped believing in scripture when he started believing in Donald Trump? I don't know. He sounds, uh, that sounds good. A gay guy named, a gay married guy named Buttigieg? Mm. Okay, Dave has written back and says that he thinks I messed up his email. I think you mashed up a letter I wrote you today with a letter I wrote you years ago. That second one you read, Obama, sounds like me, but I didn't write it today. Well, it came. Why, what do you mean? It came. It's three paragraphs, your thing today. The first one started with Obama in... That is bizarre, Dave. Seriously, bizarre. Um, I don't know. So one of the big outrages today, this constant outrage machine, uh, at least on the Internet, is about a Tucker Carlson, the vile 
uh, Fox host. Um, oh, and now my friend is saying, yeah, he's Buttigieg is uh, married, he's gay, and he's a veteran. <laughs> Everybody's loving him, huh? We're loving Buttigieg. I'll get it. I swear to God. I mean, if the guy ticks up, I mean, he wouldn't get the presidential. Maybe he'll get a vice presidential nod. But see, a lot of people say that if the Democrats put up, let's say, a black woman, let's say Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, and Buttigieg ticket, say a ticket like that, that it's like a death wish. Do you think that's true? James Carville had a piece in the Wall Street Journal today saying, you know, this 2020 election is, is Democrats to lose. I mean, you, it is. <laughs> if they lose 2020, then the party should just dissolve in shame. I, I Dissolve in shame. And as Carville points out, it'll probably be the highest turnout, and it it that'd be something because I th I bet I'm betting that the highest turnout election, presidential election ever. I'm just gonna guess, was 2008 with Obama. I'm gonna guess that that was it. I don't know. And. Carville thinks that 2020 is going to be the highest ever because <laughs> you'd be hard-pressed to find an American who is, you know, so-so about, uh, about what's happening in our country today. There's rather strong and passionate opinions. So if you've got that huge turnout, and he also points out, and if you look at how Trump won last time, with the really not many votes, just a difference of tens of thousands of votes in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. All three states since have appeared to be growing bluer. Wisconsin knocked out Scott Wagner, finally. Uh, Michigan also has had, I, I think, some uh, more Democrats have risen there. And Pennsylvania, well, we had Wolf and Fetterman win since. Um, and our state Supreme Court is in Democratic hands. So the court and, but our legislature is still just overwhelmingly uh, conservative Republican. At any rate, uh, Carville says, look, you gotta, you know, reverse those three states. Hang on to the ones you had. And how don't you win? And that does seem right, but never put it past Democrats to trip themselves up 
And a lot of it ha will have to do with this little kerfuffle we saw uh, last week with Democrats warring with each other. I don't know. It, uh, Democrats scare the hell out of me. They always do. They, they do tend to overreach. Although, why doesn't anybody ever say that about Republicans? Because they're the ultimate overreachers. I mean, they get in power, and they go ballistic, right? And I don't ever hear talk about them overreaching. But when this more motley crew of Democrats, because it's such a bigger tent, and all these different and disparate groups that make it up, every time Democrats get into power, all media can do is talk about how they're not getting along. They never pay attention to what they're getting done, just the strife within the group. I don't know. I, I just don't know. But so Tucker Carr, oh, there's a caller. I completely forgot. Is the caller still there? Wow, what an intrepid caller. Let's go to the intrepid caller. Hello. Hi there, Lynn. Hi. Hey, um, on this uh, Democratic candidates, the only thing that disappoints me is all these candidates coming out. I, I can't take that. I, I don't want it to be like the Republicans. Well, but it's an but open, I, you know what, we don't have, this is what happens when you've got this huge election coming up and there's no incumbent on our side. So this is what happens. It happened to the Republicans last yeah. time, and it will happen. We've got to, this is, uh, yeah, we got to sift through and figure out what it is we're putting forward here. Uh, it's not fun. But the, these status quo Democrats, they keep saying you got to stay in the middle. I disagree with them. I don't think you should go far, far left. But I do think you should go further than what you are. I think if you don't jump on the bandwagon with the progressive ones, you're not going to win. I think the country is they're hungry for somebody that's going to be further left, just like the Democrats or the Republicans went the other way, really far with him, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with his crazy ideas. Well, it's interesting. I mean, there are people like you who think that's the way you have to go. There are others who are more terrified thinking that you have to stay moderate, um, don't turn no. off the independent vote, don't turn off the independent voters. You know what? I have to tell you, I, I am willing to tell you that I don't know what the right thing is to do. I don't know. Then I wanted to ask you, what do you think of this? Uh, I like her, but this Omar woman, what, what do you think of her? Ilhan do you Omar. I think, yes. see, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, again, um, she's very compelling uh, in, in many, many ways. Uh, her, God, her biography alone, uh, the way she comports herself. I do think she is, I, what I would tell her if I could pull her aside is, look, you are a freshman. <laughs> congressperson and you've got people because of your because you're covering your head and you're a Muslim you've got people gunning for you it would behoove you I think 
it would behoove her. I don't want to say shut up. I want to tell her that she needs to put her nose to the grindstone, do the job that she was hired to do by the voters, which is legislate. That's what Congress people do. And to get off Twitter for a bit. Huh? That's what's getting her into trouble. And stop speaking out on, um, I, I, I don't know. I think, you know, remember when Hillary Clinton won, uh, it went to the Senate the first time? I mean, yeah. she had been the first lady of the United States of America. Then she ends up in the Senate. But she was a freshman senator. And she acted like a freshman acts. She put her nose to the grindstone, kept her head down, didn't draw attention because she knew people were. She had the same problem. Everybody just waiting for her to do something um, that they could jump on. And I think Hillary Clinton showed Il Ilhan Omar the way that a freshman should operate. She doesn't have the finesse that Alexandria uh, has. Uh, she seems a lot smoother. I think Ilhan needs to educate herself a little bit more. Um, and Yeah, she's too blunt. <laughs> just be a little more humble here, you first-timers. I know when I come into a new organization, like let's say I get elected to a board uh, of directors, I don't, I shut up for a few meetings, right? And take it in and try to ascertain how it works and all that kind of stuff. And I would think some of these, it, it's always, it's, it's the freshman women too. <laughs> I think they should, I suppose this will sound like some old biddy talking, but I think they should say less right now and listen more. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I have no, I have not uh, come down on either end with her. Um, I don't think she's an anti-Semite. I think she's, I think she's anti-Israel, obviously. And I do think that she's been sort of brainwashed in a certain idea of, uh, of uh, Israel and uh, Jews. And I would hope that she would uh, educate herself more. That's all. Although I have a very okay. smart friend who said to me uh, over the weekend, what, what exactly did she say that was anti-Semitic? I saw what she said, and I didn't, th I didn't see anything anti-Semitic. And so what people have to realize is that when Jews have to realize is that though we hear the dog whistles, we know the dog whistles because of our history, other people, bright people, not anti-Semitic people, don't know them. That's all. And even Ilan Omar doesn't know them when they come out of her mouth. So, whatever. Right. Whatever. Hey, thanks for the call. Okay. I appreciate it. Okay. okay, thank you. Bye. 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 Um, uh, Beth writes, I was first introduced to Mayor Pete. Oh, is that what people call him? I like that. Mayor Pete. You don't have to say Buttigieg. Uh, Mayor Pete, when he ran for the chairmanship of the DNC against Perez. 
Oh, he did? He blew away Perez and Representative Ellison. That's who I remember running against him during the DNC debates. You watch those debates of who would head the DNC and like really won them. Isn't that something? I think the party would be much stronger if Pete had won. I love calling him Pete. He was on The View several weeks ago and had someone like Meghan McCain or something intrigued by him and his views, which said to me he could pull independence. Well, that's true. I watched his town hall last night, and he was operating at such a high level. I did something this year that I never have done before. I have contributed to three presidential candidates because I want to hear more from them. And uh, Beth has contributed to Klobuchar, Warren, and Pete. That's fascinating. Thank you for that, Beth. And Buttigieg. Oh, now Louise, you might have come upon the best way. She says, think of Buddha and then judge. And that's it, Buddha judge. But what happened to the second udge? I thought the way I was being told before, there were two udges. Buddha judge, Buddha judge, Buddha judge. Okay, that's it. Buddha judge, Buddha judge, Buddha judge, Buddha judge, Buddha judge. Now all of a sudden I can say it because I was trying to do two udges. Don't ask me, but I like that one. Thank you, Louise. You've saved me. Uh, okay. Oh, dear God. Um, you know, and in regard to Ilhan Omar um, and that absurd, you know, that resolution that was passed, Democrats, this is them shooting themselves in the feet. There never should have been the call for a resolution and then the resolution got, you know, made into the kind of, you know, Christmas tree ornament thing that, you know, makes people laugh at Democrats. We're against people saying anti-Jewish stuff. We're, oh, we can't say just that. We're against anti-Islam. We're against what else? We're against, and I mean, it just becomes that yes, 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 yes. And then there are people saying, but you forgot. You didn't say anti-LGBTQRST, and you didn't say... This is what the left does. And it is as it... That kind of identity politics gets us nowhere but into a ridiculous corner. I just wish the people who do it would stop cannot see the whole, can never see the whole, the people who really believe that things can be perfect, and if something ain't perfect, they ain't for it. The people who, you know, like purity, intellect, ideological purity, they drive me effing nuts. But anyway, after that display of Democrats, shooting themselves in the feet. They're all scared now. And it says here in this article, it says, many Democrats now are worrying that they have set a new standard. Mm -hmm. 
created a precedent that mandates that they do this kind of major response every time any member transgresses in their speech. It's got to stop. And that's part of the outrage crap. She said what? He said what? Could we just stop it? Because it's never about policy. It's, it's always a, a word askew. Use, and it's got to stop. The thought police, the word police, the, the, the forced apologies. It reminds me of what happened during that horror time under Mao Zedong in, in China when people were paraded around and humiliated and sent off to camps because they said a wrong word. Jesus. Are most people at heart just sort of like authoritarians? Are most people people who just want to control everybody else? Because I see it sure as hell on the right. And I'm seeing it more and more on the left. I want all of you control freaks to shut the F up and leave us alone. There. I woke up finally. Okay, guys, that was that. Um, I'm, uh, I, I'm leaving. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow, uh, Tuesday. And we'll hope my sister remembers to wake up. Okay? Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.